Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter 13. I want to look at the first four verses. It says, now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which to which I have called them, then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Stop right there. Now, I want you, I want to be in on what God's doing. Can you say that with me? I want to be in on what God's doing. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to get to a place where I I could have, but I was just distracted. I was thrown off course. I was busy doing my own thing. I want to be in on what God is doing. And so one of the things we have to understand is this. When you look, we started in Acts chapter number one. And as we begin the journey, Jesus gave a directive to the church. He gave a directive to those who were assembled there. He told them, you shall receive power. Acts chapter one, verse eight, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, something is going to happen. You shall be witnesses. You're going to do what? You're going to be witnesses. And he says, witnesses to me. And then he began to delineate where they were going to be witnesses. He said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You see that? So we see from Acts chapter 1, Jesus' directive to the church was, I need you to be witnesses. In other words, that that you've experienced, that that you've seen, that that has transpired in your life, I need you to witness to that. I need you to tell somebody about that. And we see them uh, in Acts chapter 2 being filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered to be witnesses. So God did his part in sending the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit showed up, the first thing they did, they right on course, according to script, they began to witness as to what happened. We know that Pete, the Holy Spirit gave them power to preach. They, they, and, and, and I mean, he preached 3,000 souls were added. Amazing things. And so you begin to see a lot of activity in the first region that Jesus spoke of, which is Jerusalem. And so you begin to see, in fact, in the first seven chapters of the book of Acts, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. 
Now, what happens is this. They got a little greedy. They got a little lazy. And uh, in other words, they began to so enjoy what was happening to them right there that they weren't witnessing. They weren't taking it out to anybody. And what God does, he, he helps you. He'll help you. And how does he help you? He allowed persecution to begin to show up. The church began being persecuted. And as a result of that, you then begin to see the witness spread. And then you see in Acts chapter number eight and nine, the witness in Judea and Jerusalem. But it only happened because God allowed the persecution. Sometimes hardship comes to you to get you out your comfort zone so that you can be stretched and realize you are fulfilling God's assignment. Come on, say, I want to be in on what God's doing. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a dangerous statement. That's a dangerous statement. That's a danger. It's easy to sit up in New Covenant Christian Ministries on this day and say, I want to be in on what God's doing. But when you actually invite the Holy Spirit in and say, I want to be in on what God's doing, get ready. Get ready because it may not be like you think it's going to be. It may not look like you think it's going to look. So now when you get to Acts chapter 8 and 9, you begin to see Saul persecuting the church like a wild man. And then you begin to see the ministry of Philip where he ministers to this wonderful revival, then this Ethiopian eunuch, and you begin to see the conversion of Saul uh, where he became Paul. Now, after Acts chapter 9, it's amazing how God could not get the Jerusalem church to fulfill what he said. So he had to go and get somebody who was persecuting the church to be on assignment. Come on, say, I want to be in on what he's doing. Now, I want you to hear this. If you don't do what he wants done, he's going to get it done. His will is going to be done in Atlanta. His will, God will bring somebody who was persecuting the church and call them to preach. Amen. Come on, say, I want to be in on what he's doing. Now, this is the thing. When we arrive here and we begin to see the ministry of Paul, we begin to see his ministry really fulfilling the latter part of the directive in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and here we go. The uttermost parts of the world. The, uh, to the ends of the earth, the uttermost parts of the world. And so we begin to see his his. Um, his ministry there. So when we look at Acts chapter number 13, we begin to see how this happened. The text says they were gathered in Antioch. Well, let's see who was gathered there. In Antioch, it said that there were certain prophets and teachers. Stop right there. In the church, you need proclaimers and you need explainers. They had prophets, 
The prophet's ministry is a proclamation. It's not always foretelling, it's forthtelling. It includes some foretelling, but it says they had prophets and teachers. The reason I think these two were gathered there, you need both. Because what happens is this, if you only have the prophetic, people are lacking in understanding. And so now I've seen it, I've seen it where people are heavily prophetic with no teaching. And so there is no biblical depth to what's being said. And so you need to make sure that what's being prophesied certainly is in line with the word of God. Amen. It's no strange things happening in the church. <laughs> Amen. Uh, a G, in fact, Paul writing to the church at Corinth says, if you people prophesying, if you, how can you say Jesus is a curse? Come on now. You, 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 you can't say that. You have to, if you're going to say Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit is the one helping you to say that. So they had to have prophet, proclaimers, teachers, explainers, people who could give instruction. When you look who was there, it says Barnabas. Barnabas was, he, he is this guy that you see kind of trailing behind every move of God. When they wanted to see if there was grace, they sent Barnabas. Barnabas, his name means son of encouragement. Barnabas is an encourager. In other words, the church needs some Barnabases. The church needs some people who can encourage them. Uh, uh, he was the one who, when you look and they laid the offering down before the apostles, I think over in Acts, uh, he was one of the ones who brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He was very much involved in ministry. Not only was Barnabas there, but it says uh, Simeon, uh, surnamed Niger. And listen to this. This was a black man. Amen. And so he, it perhaps means he had dark complexion. He was a teacher of the, some distinction in the church. And when you look at it, some suppose that this was Simon of Serene. Some associate Simeon with Simon of Serene. You remember who carried, who bore the cross of Christ? So you need not only some encouragers, but you need some diversity in the church as well. Not just a one-dimensional church. You need somebody uh, who is different than you. Also, another way of looking at it is this. You need some load lifters in the church, people who aren't afraid to come alongside and help shoulder the load without all the credit. Mm -hmm. Then it says Lucius of Lucius of Cyrene. He was a Christian teacher as well. He was a kinsman of Paul. His, uh, his name is really Latin. His birthplace seemed to indicate that he was born, uh, he was born of the Jews of Cyrene in North Africa. So when you begin to look at this church that was gathered in Antioch, you begin to, to see a diverse community of believers flowing together to bring about God's purpose. What am I, what am I getting at? I believe that what God is getting ready to do, it's going to require multiple cultures to get it done. No one culture can express God fully. 
Are you hearing that? No one culture. I certainly appreciate our culture. I pre- and in, in this room, in this room, um, how many people you were, you're not from America, right? You're not born in America, right? right. Look, look around. Raise your hand high. Raise it high. Raise it high. See what I'm talking about? We need these various cultures. Yell out where you where you from. Where are you from? Jamaica? 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 Jamaica's in the house. Jamaica me crazy, mom. No, no. <laughs> so, but we apparently, God needed some Jamaicans in New Covenant to bring the expression of worship. The, they add a different spice, no pun intended, to the flavor of our worship. Are you understanding that? And then he had to get some, some, some people from different parts of this country. He had to bring some people, get them born in Germany and bring them over. Um, and, and glad that they're here too, the, the people German born. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, um, and so, talking about diversity, then he had Manan. His name means counselor. Isn't that interesting? Uh, he was a Christian teacher, and nothing else is known of him other than said what's here. But uh, he was brought up, um, it says, the foster brother of Herod. And so we understand that these were the people that was gathered there. Now, let's, under, let's look at one of the things. What were they doing? What were they doing? It says they were ministering to the Lord right? They were ministering to the Lord. Now, if you want to be in on what God's doing, you got to learn how to minister to the Lord. Now, hear this. You have to not just be able to minister to people, but you got to learn how to minister to the Lord. Hear this. There are some people who are more comfortable ministering to people than they are to the Lord. Now, this may come as a shocker. In the Old Testament, when you look at who was called a cursed priesthood, were those who were only relegated to minister to people. In fact, they were cursed. Check it out yourself. Look in the book of Ezekiel. You'll begin to find out that they were a penalized priesthood. Penalized is a better word than cursed. A penalized priesthood because they could not enter into the holiest. They could not handle the things of God. They were relegated to ministering to people. But isn't it interesting, Elder T, our highest aspiration nowadays is people, not God. We feel that we are far more successful when we minister to more people. I submit to you the highest honor is to minister to God. Now, hear this. When you learn how to minister to the Lord, you, when you see scripture like in Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the, they that wait upon the, they that minister to the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings like eagles. They're going to run and not get weary. They're going to walk and not faint. So you and I, especially during this season of our lives, must become proficient at ministering to the Lord and listen to this, be fully satisfied in him. 
where he is your treasure, he's the one that you long to see. He's the one that you lavish your love upon. He's the one that you say, if, if I get to just sing to him privately, oh, that's the joy. If I'm dancing before him, whatever I'm doing, if I'm doing it to him, to him be the glory. And this is what we found out over in Acts, I mean, um, uh, Matthew chapter number six, when we begin to see Jesus commending those who got an open reward, notice the open reward only followed the secret time, that secret place ministry. And so this church in the book of Acts, they begin to minister to the Lord. How were they ministering to the Lord? The text says they fasted. Guess what you just did? You did what? Oh, did anybody, if you fasted in any kind of way, whatever it was, wave at me. Oh, y'all, look at the hands. Wait a minute, keep waving, y'all look around. Go ahead, new covenant. This is what I love about God. If you God will begin to honor the effort that you put forth in coming towards him. And so I just want to commend you. I mean, I, if, if, I, I would clap real loud if I could tonight. But, you know, I just want to make sure I don't clap that loud. But, uh, all right, clap for me and on my behalf, okay? Clap for yourself, but on my behalf. Thank you. So hear what I'm saying. They ministered to the Lord. They ministered to the Lord. And how did they do it? They fasted. They began to step away. It wasn't a Daniel fast. They really fasted. And I'm not belittling the Daniel fast. Perhaps we'll do it some other time. But they fasted and they prayed. Please hear this. Everything happens by prayer. Thank you, Minister Michelle, for sharing that. Because it's not going to happen, folks, if we don't pray. We, like never before, need a praying church. We need to be a praying church. We need to be a church that's in tune with what God is saying. And I'm not talking, listen to me, I'm talking about when I say prayer, not walking around where you have a big old eye on your chest. What are you, intercessor? No, I'm not talking about that. If you have the ministry of intercession, wonderful. But hear me in this. I believe God will call you to even greater depths of intercession if you wear it with humility. Greater depths of insight. I believe, listen to me, I believe, I believe, I honestly believe that we saw uh, the government come together because so many people started praying. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Folks, I want you to understand, when you and I begin to pray, we have this wonderful opportunity to have an audience with God, with the creator of of the universe, with one who has all power in his hand, with no limitations, no resource limitations. And he's able to do anything at any given time if you just ask him. This church, 
got together and they said, we're going to be bold enough to just get together fast because I said it. I want to be in on what he's doing. Come on, say it again. I want to be in on what he's doing. If you want to know what I'm talking about tonight, that's it. I want to be in on what he's doing. But what is it going to take? It's going to take a church not just fasting and praying in January. So I know this is officially the conclusion of uh, this time of consecration, but let's take it beyond this and live a consecrated life. Let's take it beyond this and have periods of time where we say, God, I want you. I want you. You I want you more than my necessary food. God, you are my life. You are my source. You are my strength. Everything that I have is because of you, and everything that I am is because of you. God, I need you. I need you to breathe in my life again. I need you to touch my soul. I've got areas that I need God replenished and refreshed. I need God you to come and fill me. Fill me where I'm empty. Fill me where I'm empty. I've been leaking. I've been going around. I'm depleted. But God you can fill me. You can restore my soul God. And I need you. I commit in advance to give you the glory for everything that you're doing. And Father, I thank you now. I lay myself up here on this altar as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, which is my reasonable service. Now, come on, have your way in me. Do big things in my life. Show out for me in a major way. And God, I promise to give you the glory. I promise to give you the honor. People that'll call upon their God. It'll pull away. I heard about this at, um, at, at one of the graduate. I think it was Dr. D's graduation. One of her fellow students, uh, um, not students, but uh, co- uh, fellow students, cohort, he, cohort members, got up and said, after the graduation, because um, th- he said after the graduation, when he graduated, he pulled into a little room by himself. He knelt down and he said, Lord, I got this because of you and I just submit it to you now. I don't know what you want to do with it, but I submit it to you. Here's my doctorate degree. Do with it what you want to and I just thank you for it. And I ask you to get the glory from it. It wasn't a long time. And then he finally so he got up and he left and went with the other graduates. A few years later, amazing opportunities opened for him. And he was, at, he was the speaker at one of the graduates where he began to tell that story. He was a speaker at one of the uh, graduation. And he began to tell, share that story. And he said, folks, it's not because I was more special. But what happened, I took what I had and I said, God, I need you to breathe on it. In other words, here are my accomplishments. Here's my education. Here's my, this is, in other words, this is what I'm bringing to the table. I recognize, I don't, if it were not for you, I wouldn't have this. But now that I do have it, would you take it and open doors? Would you take it and use it like you want to use it? Are you hearing me? I dare you to put your accomplishments before his throne. 
They ministered to the Lord and they fasted. That's what they were doing. But notice what happens when you begin to minister to the Lord and fast, the Holy Ghost starts talking back to you. Because it says the Holy Spirit said. They ministered to the Lord and fasted and the Holy Spirit said. They ministered, he talked. They ministered to him, he talked back to them. They ministered to him, he talked back to them. They ministered to him and he talked back to them. I'm I'm convinced that many times we aren't hearing him talk back to us because we had ministered to him. Look at somebody said, prime the pump. (laughs) So, so, so they ministered to him. And now, what I'm getting at is this. When we get together, there should be an expectation of him talking to us as well, of him speaking to us. I want to stretch you a little bit. The next place that I believe that we'll have in terms of growth is not individually hearing God, but corporately hearing God. It's one thing to say, I was praying and the Lord spoke to me. This text doesn't say that. They were praying and the Lord spoke to them. I believe honestly that it's safer when you pray together and hear God together. We are so individualistic in just the spirit of the age that we have developed a almost a natural distrust for anything other than ourselves. And what I'm getting at is this. If you look in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, you'll begin to see when Paul talks about the use of the gifts, he told them, uh, because he was talking there about um, intelligibility in the service, meaning when you speak in tongues, let somebody interpret. And then he says, if you're going to prophesy, prophesy not just one, but let somebody prophesy and let somebody judge. Because what we don't need in the church is this. Thus says the Lord. Hold hold, hold on. Come here, bro. Come here, bro. Come here, bro. Uh, You know, the Lord had, had you on my heart. And come on out to the car. I got something for you. The Lord just laid this in my st- And we're in the parking lot and start talking about the Lord laid this on my spirit. And the only person that can hear it is him. What would be better is this. The Lord put something in my heart. Come on. Um. And we just need to hear from God on this. And I just need you to judge this. That's what the Bible says to do. And then, listen to this, I should have the humility. Not, I heard from God. God, and you better do what I'm telling. No, but if I say something, if I say, you know, 
uh, Ron, this is what, I, I know be, these are elders, but I'm just, t- we're just talking, just, Ron, this is something, man, uh, uh, I hear the Lord saying this, that, that uh, I'm hearing a move. I'm hearing that you need to move. And, and where I'm hearing you need to move, Anchorage, Anchorage, keep coming into my spirit. Anchorage, um, an- yeah, Anchorage. Yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm hearing that you know and so ooh thank you Jesus, oh glory now 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 uh we're outside and I I get the I get enough charismatic expression ooh oh God I just mm, oh Lord oh hey. Whoo! Thank you, God. Ain't 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 is what I'm hearing. Anchorage. I know I'm making light of it, but wouldn't it be better if I'm saying Anchorage, and and you sitting there, and there's nothing that bore witness with what I said, and I should be able to submit and say, Do you sense that? And he should have the courage to say, no, I don't think so. And then he should have the Holy Ghost gumption to say, bruh, I don't think, I don't think that's right. He started out and said, that's a little too cold. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. So what I'm getting at is this. When they got together... They prayed, the Holy Ghost spoke to them, and they all with discernment said, this is what we sense ought to happen. Notice what the text says. It says, the Holy, is this helping anybody? It's blessing me. The Holy, the Holy Spirit said, what does he say? Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Separate to me. Now, wait a minute. Where is the witness? Where, how does this line up in any way with what they already know? I submit to you, march back to Acts chapter number one where they said, you're going to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And so they said, separate Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The other thing I want to let you know is this. Sometimes God doesn't just call a him, he calls a them. Sometimes there's partnerships that God has already established and you and I have to just make sure that we're not so isolated that we miss the person we're supposed to be doing ministry with or persons. Amen. I believe that there are those of you who call you. This is your place. This is your place. Now, I'm trying to grab my head around China, but I mean, you know. I'm just messing with you. But we, some, in fact, we, we've already seen it because Bernice is in China, China and she is doing what? Well. She's doing well, but she's teaching. 
You, you hear what I'm saying? And she was here this past Sunday. Yeah, we missed her. But, uh, but so I wanted you to, want you to understand is this. The Holy Spirit speaks to them. And folks, we have to humble ourselves and be relationally sound enough and emotionally stable enough. And that means you got to have some them in your lives. You got to be friendly. So that as you are hearing the Holy Spirit, you got somebody that you can run some things through. Does that make sense? And so he spoke to them. He separate them for the work to which I've called them. And notice what happened. They laid hands on them. They laid hands on them. Now, some were sent and some just went. I believe, hear this, you're going to begin to see the demise of those that just went. I don't, I don't say that gloating. I don't say that in a celebratory fashion at all. But you'll begin to see the distinction because I mentioned earlier about covenant. Those who God has sent, there's a covenant that goes along with him or with them that they walk under a protection. I'm not saying the road is easy and everything like that, but there's certainly, a, an, in other words, an authorized representative. I cannot, if I just imagine, if I walked to, if I uh, walked in um, to the United Nations there in Brazil, I mean, the walk to the the embassy in Brazil, yes, embassy is what I was trying to say, in Brazil, and I got there, and I said, my name is Billet Johnson. <laughs> uh, well, hello, Billet Johnson. Uh, uh, and I just want to let you know that... Um, I, I'm here to represent, um, you know, the, the, I'm the new representative for the U.S. here in Brazil. Uh, that's, okay, your name again? Billet Johnson. Here, my, my driver's license. There it is. Billet Johnson. All right, now, now, I said, can you please um, let me know who's my first meeting with because I need to go ahead and start negotiating on behalf of the United States. What's the problem? They're talking about my first meeting is in jail. Billet Johnson, behind bars. Why I am unauthorized. I cannot go and start making promises on behalf of the United States because I, I, I was not sent. I listen to this. I have no power, jurisdiction, or anything to act on behalf of somebody that did not send me. I do not have the power of attorney. I do not have the authorization to do anything in the name, in their name. I cannot do business on their behalf. There's nothing about what I do that is authorized. So every activity that I have been performing has been illegal. 
And so listen to me. What happens is this. God is a gracious God. He's a merciful God. And he'll give people time and space to repent. But there comes a time that he's going to, you'll find that people will begin to do things and he'll say, no, no, I can't do that because he will protect his glory. He will protect his glory. Now, I, I, I say that humbly. I say that not again, not trying to say I'm the one that's the authorized representative. I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm the only one or anything like that. God has authorized a number of us as a believer. There's an authority that you have as a believer, but you have to make sure that when you start going that you are sent. You don't just go. Amen. Amen. Because everything is wrapped up in that authority. Don't just go. And quit. Oh, Lord, don't get over there, Johnson. Quit messing up people's lives. We got to stop that. Got to stop that. You got an unction and then it lasted. You know, it didn't work out for the first year and a half. And now people are beginning to follow you down the road. And because your life is messed up. No, 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 no. We got to stop that kind of stuff. So they went as a result of being sent. And what happened was this. They began, listen to this. They began from that place to obey what the Holy Spirit was saying to them. They went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. They also had an assistant. It was John. And the point is that I'm getting at is this. When they went out, they had the power to accomplish what the assignment called for. When you fast forward, we don't have time to do it tonight. If you fast forward, you begin to see those specific moments where God began to show up and empower them to do supernatural exploits on his behalf. Amen? I want to be in on what he's doing. I want to be in on what he's doing. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I just submit to you tonight that they ministered to the Lord, fasted and prayed. The Holy Spirit said to them, they went out as a result of the Holy Spirit saying to them, and then guess what? God began to fulfill what he gave them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, throughout the, uh, in, in, when we look in chapter 13, he began to fulfill his word in Acts chapter 13. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.